Guys, we saw another movie. We did. We kept our tradition of seeing the new, gritty, extended universe DC films. We've seen every one for Rappo, and this is... This is the next one. For me, that's the best one because this is the first one where I got to go with the movie to the movie with you guys. Yeah. I didn't was, have to watch it alone in the Midwest. It was the full family movie lineup. It was great. Making I really the movie theater enjoyed experience it. wonderful for us, Horrible unbearable for, for everyone else in the theater. Well, I presume that everyone who also saw the 230 show of... Uh, uh, Justice League also works at podcasts. Otherwise, <laughs> you know, what the fuck else are you doing? All I know is that there was plenty of room in that thing for nobody to be near our shenanigans. But before, right before the movie started, an older white, white woman sat down right in front of us. And I was absolutely baffled. Like, we were being rowdy from the jump. Well, what what was she doing? What did she think was going to happen? Sat down right where Matt had his feet up. So yeah, I had to put my feet down. The whole That's the woman spreading. And then I did I did about ten minutes of like of gestures and facial expressions. Now, that's a New Yorker cartoon where it's one person in a movie theater and then a man in a large cowboy hat comes and sits in front of that person <laughs> and the caption is like, Oh boy, what yeah. what an the asshole. Caption is, <laughs> the caption is like my therapist warned me about those. Ooh. Yeah. Every New Yorker cartoon it's about therapy. Yeah, that's true. So he wants the Nick Berg beheading and they he's like Oh, God, I'm going to have to have a double session. <laughs> Honey, you were right. Well, uh, we were all very grace, grace, grace under pressure in the film. You know, Felix already mentioned it. We're talking about Justice League. Woo! As I like to call it, the Just Us League. That's yes. right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Justice League, the latest entry in the Warner Brothers DC movie canon. They're I des- think yeah. the alternate title for Justice League is... The movie in which the word box is said at least 50 times. Yeah. Mother box. Mo- mother box, yeah. box, and boxes. Some variation on just the word box is said, like I said, maybe 100 times. In there the is a Richard Kelly film called The Box from the late aughts, and it has set, they say box fewer times in that movie than in this one. Yeah. And it's called The Box. It's just nothing but box. We will be we will be talking about the box when the box is rather. There are three boxes that are very important. Very to this important movie. boxes. Yeah, uh, we got to see the box. Yeah, it was it was very. I wondered why they didn't develop like more euphemisms for it, or at least try a little harder. Like what they were going to go with one? like yeah, pussy cube or something, yeah. and they're like, hey, was, not so. Wait a minute. What can did, you get the Can you get the gash ornament? What? Did, oh fuck! Like what did, they could have. Hired a writer or what, something. Well, they didn't hire a writer. They hired Joss Whedon. <laughs> Josh Whedon. What, yeah, you're right. The, the scientist called one of them something else. The source cube or the the, change, the change agent. Change That's engine. it. Yeah. The change something agent. That sound like, you know, it's bad and corny and like sci-fi, but it sounds like they didn't just put it in as a placeholder and like, we'll write something better than that later. Yeah, you got no, the, change agent sounds like... Like the Economist talking about Emmanuel Macron. Yeah. <laughs> every you got every this all, cube yeah, regulates but, your labor markets. But Mother Cube sounds like some sort of like weird German psychoanalyst theory. You must lie in the Mother Cube. Yeah. I was very. I wasn't contrite about my crimes in the Holocaust until I sat in a pink felt cube. <laughs> uh, no, all the dialogue in this movie generally sounded like it was written by someone. Half written by someone who thinks that penultimate means like the most ultimate, and half written by a hideously 
disgusting childlike man who uh likes to dm women you rock and then like a, a picture you know well, the that, interesting you know, thing about this movie that we've alluded to is that this is this is strange and a departure from the other dc movie canon because it represents this due to uh uh, a personal tragedy and like Hollywood production schedules, the movie ended up being this bizarre, uh, like edited together mash of a Zack Snyder film and a Joss Whedon film. Yeah, they brought so, in Josh Whedon the, to like, finish the movie. The, movie. The, the Justice League movie, the movie, like I said, that I will refer to as the box movie from now on, uh, is a movie that, that that essentially edits together. The two clashing and utterly discordant and unbearable styles of Zack Snyder yeah. and Josh Whedon. It I, just from shot to shot, you would go from this brooding, dark, super stylized world of of, of aggrieved masculinity to this flighty, shittily shot. Looks like it's a fucking green screen or a soap opera. Two characters standing in front, just a horrible like two shot from a from a TV show. Trading banter like trading, an episode no, 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 of no, Golden no. Girls. You left off the fact that like sixty five percent of this movie was expositional monologue because about they the have box. nine fucking yeah, well about a box, but no, like about the backstories of these characters because they have nine fucking protagonists in it, yeah. and they want to give them all their own like brooding dark monologue, yes. which is like half the movie. I, I want to. We've spent a lot of time like going after. Uh, um, Zack Snyder and I want to say seeing like an incomplete Zack Snyder film seeing a movie that was taken over by the worst criminal on earth a man unrepentantly evil man Josh Whedon I am sorry to Zack Snyder and I want to defend you because I was excited for a Zack Snyder experience where it's you know three hours of male characters being of four skins length away from each other going, oh, I'm going to do it. No, you're not going to do it. I'm going to make you do it. I want to be inside of you to kill you. Um, <laughs> you know, penetrating each other, so to speak. In the mother box. And in the mother, the mother box. Uh, but instead we were treated to, we were tortured with, you know, m I'd say about 40% of dialogue is like the very awkward, very adorable flash character going, ah, uh, did somebody say lunch? Oh, wait, you're having an argument. That's not what someone would say during an argument. It's comic relief. Oh, uh, do, uh, remember remember Nickelodeon Dak? Okay, your objection to it is completely juvenile. You just want there to be more pound my boy box. <laughs> Look, well, this, this is something this, you guys don't understand. Athletes, you don't understand traditional <laughs> masculinity. The, the, when I, when me and my like male friends who are strong, which I'm sorry, it's not you guys are strong character, but not in body. <laughs> our bond is unspeakable. We meet, we get like we our faces are next to each other. We don't shake up or do any of that childish stuff. We're like. Yeah, you you only know what you think I can do. The, like Zack Snyder style dialogue. The introduction of the mother box was, I'm convinced, that was when Josh took over the movie. It used to, it was the boy box. Yeah. In the Zack Snyder version, it became Absolutely. mother box with when Josh Whedon took it over and gave a screenwriting credit to Peter Dow. Yeah, the mother box. Like when Josh heard there was a concept called mother box, he was like, mm, "Matriarchy, you shut up and take my money." And it's like <laughs> fucking <laughs> fucking hat spun around. Uh, well, well, I want to. Oh uh, fuck! I I, I want to get into the movie, Criminal. but but as is traditional for us when we do a Chapo a uh, movie review, I. 
need to talk about the overall movie theater experience, and mm-hmm. by that I mean the trailers, because I consider it part of a movie, is the trailers. Absolutely. If yeah. I yeah. miss trailers, I'm genuinely trailers. disappointed. Yeah. There, there, were, there were some pretty good trailers. I want to get to the best one last. You, so, starting, I'm going to begin with, uh, there's a trailer for a movie that was an adaptation of the biblical story of Samson and Delilah, featuring awesome. uh, Rutger Hauer at one point. Yep. Rutger Hauer rocks. I'm glad to see that. Other Billy name? Zane. Billy Zane was yeah, the... I'm glad Billy Zane is making a comeback. He's yeah. making it. He's doing and it. The... Speaking of Billy Zane, we are eventually going to have to do a In the Valley of Wolves episode, right? Oh, right. The Turkish right. action The Turkish movie. one. Yeah. Guess who's in that? Tito Ortiz. And uh, Gary, Gary Busey. Gary Busey plays a Jewish doctor who's stealing organs yep. from Iraqi yep. uh, Iraqis. It's awesome. And and, uh, and Zane is the evil Christian <laughs> uh, spec ops guy. Uh, the the only other th- notable thing about the Samson movie was that it was clearly the big highlight of the trailer was, I'm very happy to say, a filmed action sequence that adapts, you know, in my opinion, the best story in the Bible. Samson smoting 50 Philistines with the jawbone of an mm, ass. Pretty and indeed, they kept it to biblically literal because he was tooling guys up with a jawbone. It was pretty impressive. So my verdict is I'm excited for the Samson movie and I'm excited for for it to be a rallying cry for red pill people uh, who will take this story and say, yeah, that's. You know, a, a, a woman taking a powerful man's hair, his virility. That's just what happened to me and my ex-wife. That's why <laughs> my, yeah, that's why they say not to wash your hair. Delilah, uh, Delilah slips soy into his diet. <laughs> and that's he loses his uh, uh, powers. I'm a soy boy. I, okay. Uh, there was a movie called that I, I genuinely probably will see, if not in theaters, and certainly renting. The Commuter with yes. Liam Neeson. Ooh, hell a yeah! Fucking, uh, an action film based on Metro the, North. Yes. How can I turn that down? Yes, it's the it Bernie Getz story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next up, there was uh, Pitch Perfect Three. Don't really have much to say about that uh, movie. And uh, ladies, had to, they had to cut out Al Franken's cameo for that movie. <laughs> uh, well, all I got to say about Pitch Perfect 3, it's sort of disappointing to see a movie in 2017, 2018 being put out with barely any men in it. Like, come on, let's do better. Yeah, that movie could not pass the reverse Bechdel test. Yeah. Uh, there was Jumanji. Yeah, right. Was- You're all familiar with the regular Jumanji, which was about a board game. But this one had sassy millennials who, who went, oh, nobody plays board games anymore. Yeah. Let's play the Jumanji video game. Yeah. And they become characters in the Jumanji video yeah. game. I know. I That's one of those movies, and this happens once in a while. I see it, and I get a bone-deep conviction. And it's sort of prophecy and self-fulfilling prophecy of, I will see that movie on an airplane. <laughs> I got it when I saw the commercial for Pixels, and I did see it on an airplane, and really? I, I vowed to see Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, on an airplane. Oh. I watched both the Sex and the City uh, movies on an airplane because I'm deathly afraid of flying, and I learned, though, that if I'm furious, <laughs> I can't be scared. That's right. That's... Thank you, Felix Biederman's story. Welcome to my way of life. <laughs> Pissed, not afraid. Well, I'm, I'm excited for you to see Jumanji so you can learn more about gaming culture. Uh, oh, wait. There was also a Latino Pixar movie, which is, you know, like all Pixar movies will be viewed by all spree killers. I heard yeah. that was very good. I, I've heard very good things about it. Well, from who? Let me People. guess. So it's for kids, but there's good stuff for adults. Yeah. I like to not, scare my you, family. Are you not familiar with the creative output of Pixar? 
Yeah, it's fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah, sucks. yeah, exactly. Everybody who said that this movie is good are these horribly anhedonic zombies who it basically going to see a Pixar movie is the equivalent of lighting like a, a, putting cigarettes out on themselves. It's the only way they could feel. Yeah, Pixar movies. Oh wow, they have some really complex adult morals in there. Like you should be nice to people. Yeah, or like make uh, eye contact. Yeah. Well, all I got to be say. honest, I, I think some of us could use a brush up on both of those things. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'm the polite guy. All I got to say is when you see that little lamp jump over all the letters and you know you're in for some for some quality quality content. <laughs> uh, we also oh and also right before the trailer that we saw also saw a brief uh, Overwatch commercial which I know Virgil enjoyed. And there is at one point the gorilla character is like Winston. Winston <laughs> <laughs> says who of you will join us? And we were all like yes, yes us, 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 all us of and us. especially Matt. All especially Matt. Matt. <laughs> I can't wait to play Overwatch. I wait. I'm going to go to Canada instead of being fucking drafted into the Overwatch <laughs> army. Okay, next up there was uh Oh God! Ready Player One, which I'm convinced is like the, our cultural apocalypse of like finally we have to just com- just cannibalizing every last shred of nostalgia and just churning it right back Absolute out. Absolute shit. The, the one thing I, that was really funny in the trailer is that it begins and like the person's like, "I was born in 2025 here in Columbus, Ohio," and all I could <laughs> think about is just like, "Hey man." Welcome to Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts, he puts <laughs> if you do enough, if you do enough kratom, you go into a parallel dimension that's like that pseudo world that they're in. But that movie looks absolutely like garbage. As Patton said on this show, it's a movie. It's like Jaws, where the villain is the shark is nostalgia. How it's just going to kill you. Uh, I am convinced that we're going to have to do episodes on the next two Spielberg movies because the post is so nauseating to even contemplate, and it's. I, I'm going to put it down near guaranteed marker against the field. Anyone wants to bet me the post will win best picture. Was it, was well, is there po- a trailer for it? Oh. Y- yeah. The post will win best picture because it's going to send a message to the White House that a free press is vital to the, the maintenance of American democracy, sir. Yeah, no, it's about the Washington Post deciding to publish the Pentagon Papers in the face of a threat of a lawsuit from the White House. And it's just every fucking dingus, every resistance wad, is, they, want, they want that propaganda, baby. They want the public to remember that, uh, that real news is not fake and you need it to have America. And it makes me want to fucking vomit. The goddamn Washington Post. You helped end the Vietnam War. Congratulations. Then you helped start the Iraq War. Pretty much erase that shit. Wait, wait. Did Good Night and Good Luck win an Oscar? It it was nominated. nominated. It did not win. Which it should not have done. Another movie my family took me to. (laughs) Great. More, more, more abuse. Great resentment. More violent abuse against Felix. (laughs) Protect me. Well, Uh, Spotlight won Best Picture. It did. Exactly. And the same thing. So yeah, I it say is, it is the same thing. Are we just going to have a whole bunch? Yeah, of Yeah, but movies? it won Best Picture so they could distract from other problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Catholic Church—they sure have a sex abuse problem. <laughs> <clears throat> right. There's one trailer in particular I want to talk about because we were all horrified by it. But last but not least, there was the trailer for the Laura Croft uh, Tomb Raider movie, Fatty. which uh, cultural Marxism has made her uh, her boobs not nearly big enough. Yeah, That's I'm on, I'm on Ian that. Miles Chong's side now. He was right. <laughs> uh, okay, so last but not least, the, the one trailer that I think warrants uh, special mention is a trailer for a movie called uh, The Greatest Showman, Woo! which is like a sort of pop rock and roll musical of sorts starring Hugh Jackman as P.T. Barnum. Yep. Right, and it uses the life story of P.T. Barnum to craft a kind of 
woke, uplifting tale about a guy who took took a band of outsiders and, and yep. you know. Wait, it's a musical. I miss this. No, movie. it's yeah, a you, musical. Yeah, doesn't Hugh Jasmine only do musicals now? Basically, yes. Him that Wolverine and musicals. Eventually, there will be a Wolverine musical. That's the inevitable. Oh yeah, synthesis. yeah. It'll run for years yeah. too. But it's an original musical, not based on a, a Broadway show. Uh, with original songs, okay. and yeah, sort it, of like Moulin Rouge, and it, it, yes, it sells it sells P.T. Parnum as this forward, sort of a branch Ricky of America, in that he brought these freaks uh, into America's <laughs> spotlight and create and made people accepting of diversity and difference, right? As opposed to an absolutely cynical, monstrous con artist. <laughs> Who fleeced people was completely contemptuous of the American public and hyper exploited totally vulnerable people in the form of these quote unquote freaks. As we said, hang on, hang on, hang on. Basically kept in a human zoo. Hang on, this is the post Reconstruction era, and P.T. Barnum was one of the first integrationists. He had Asians. Africans, all sorts of people <laughs> in his all human zoo. Same yeah, co- yeah, covered in tar and bird feathers behind bamboo cages. Yeah, the, now, when you're in a cage, you're all equal. The absolute yeah, most. The re- movie Freaks will be have been less exploitational. Yeah, well, Freaks this. actually did have a freaks, woke, uplifting yeah, message about and, social difference, and, and it's outsiders. like we will all band together and yeah, kill you, kill you, <laughs> kill, the, well, that, kill that uppity bitch who. Uh, God, you know, that was sells an amazing the, movie. Yeah, well, that's but kind of it, the, the absolute most repugnant part of that trailer, and I just could not hold back. When I when I heard this part is is a huge ass man saying to a bearded lady, they don't understand you, but one day they will. Don't listen to them. They don't understand yet. But they will. So tell me, do you wanna go? <laughs> Amazing. Now I I I, I, like, I at- like that people are like couldn't wrap their minds around it, and now we have the technology, we understand her suit like a good a movie. Very complicated Identity. I mean, it, the, it's a cliche about America that we worship con artistry, that we love con artists, that all we really we don't care if someone is dishonest. We only want them to be on our side, which is, of course, how we got Trump as president. And, and that how all our show started, is so That all started with Barnum, and and the fact that we're so deluded about it, and there's so many buffers of ideology that instead of just crassly, cynically celebrating. A, a con artist for being good at his job. We have to turn him into an enlightened fucking, you know, yeah. avatar of social progress. Yeah. Well, one thing I didn't see in the trailer uh, that I think was uh, necessary to bring up regarding the real PT Barnum. I'm just reading from his Wikipedia page here. It says Barnum was a producer and promoter of blackface minstrelry. <laughs> Barnum's minstrel shows often use double edged humor. While replete with black stereotypes, Barnum's shows satirized as in a stump speech in which a black phrenologist. A, a, in a white guy in blackface made a dialect speech parodying lectures given at the time to prove the superiority of the white oh race. My God, oh my god, damn it! I knew someone did that. Podcast. I knew I was just I knew someone did that cold open before. Scrap the one for this episode. Uh, <laughs> one more quote yeah, from No, P- that should be a good movie though. Like something there on, could be a on great PT Barnum. Yeah. yeah, but it would have to be like, directed by like fucking Cronenberg right. or something. Yeah. It would it's have like to be grimy and disgusting and nauseating. Well, as I it's like how there could have been... Like just a, like a solid drama. It's like how there could have been like an amazing Chris Kyle movie about this lying yes. murderer yes. that would have been fucking amazing. Like, as I, like, like Port of Call, New Orleans, Bad Lieutenant. Like it could, In that style, it would have been amazing. All right, that, that, that was the trailers. Be on the lookout for those films coming soon. To Please cinema. avoid them all. They look cinema like near dog you. shit. Except for the commuter with Liam. If Mason. you're excited for the Pixar movie, please immediately turn yourself into authorities. <laughs> uh, let's let's dive into Justice League. But before we do, 
we have to now, uh, we have an, an entry for you from our global roving movie correspondent from Down and Under. Recent birthday boy. Happy birthday. Recent yeah. birthday boy, Mitt Brady. Happy birthday, Matt V. Good Brady. on you, mate. Happy birth, Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Matt V. Brady is uh, dialing in from Down Under with his review of Justice League. Let's take a listen. Hello, Grey Wolves. It's international film correspondent Matt V. Brady here with a review of the latest thrilling blockbuster addition to the monochromatic DC extended cinematic universe, Justice League, which was directed by Zack Snyder with a Joss Whedon Snapchat filter smacked over it. This is probably the easiest DC movie to follow in quite a while. It's basically about the formation of a super team, the Justice League of America Kakar, created by Batman. You might remember him. He was one of the main characters in the film Batman vs. Superman. He gathers the world's greatest heroes and Aquaman together to fight an invasion of flying bug things who, and this is just my opinion, are clearly allegorical stand-ins for the Apex gang. Zack Snyder barely even bothers to try and hide this. Now, the bad guys, the Apex gang, are seeking these magical cubes drug shipments, which they will use to terraform the Earth and basically change it into an Earth where the knockout game is legal. Unfortunately, this plot is foiled when Superman, the ultimate representation of the racist white immigrant, shows up with a very normal and natural-looking top lip and proceeds to drop classic Joss Whedon lines such as, hey, is this party invite only or can anyone crash it? And you kiss your mother box with that mouth, while the machete attacks of the Apex gang bounce off harmlessly from his ironhard skin. This all takes place in Russia for some reason, possibly because they hacked the election, I can't really say. All in all, I'd say that Justice League is an amazingly mediocre film, which also means that it's probably by far the best DC movie yet, except because it doesn't have Captain Boomerang in it, and also because it insults my beloved Apex gang, both Justice League and Joss Whedon can go and get fucked. Two stars. Uh, birthday boy and international roving movie critic. Heartthrob. Mac yeah. V. Brady. For, for people who aren't familiar with hysterical tabloid entertainment and news in Australia, <laughs> the Apex gang is a likely fictional gang of Sudanese immigrants <laughs> who terrorize suburban Australian neighborhoods. It's the knockout game. It's Australia. basically the knockout game in the antipodes. Uh, so to begin, uh, one of the one of the things Brady referenced in his review is Superman's completely convincing and human top lip, yep. which gets into the very opening scene of this movie, which is like cell phone camera recorded footage of Superman after he saves some. And what are the kids doing? They want to interview him for a podcast. Yeah. So very relatable to the I youth liked, of today. I like the podcast culture when, that was uh, on display in this when, movie. When Joss Whedon saw uh, the Henry Cavill's disconcerting Cavill. CGI mouth, who gives a shit? When they saw Henry Cavill's disconcerting CGI mouth, he got so excited he tried to DM it a long screed about Hillary Clinton. Well, when those kids, the podcast kids, are recording 
Superman, they ask him questions like, so who are your guys? (laughs) (laughs) But like the thing was, like the weird CGI mouth thing was a result of this weird scheduling conflict. We discussed uh, Henry Cavill was going to be in the new Mission Impossible movie and had a beard and a mustache and that. And they had to bring him back for reshoots when they redid probably two thirds of the movie. And the other studio that was doing Mission Impossible was like, he can't possibly shave. So they just decided to have him do a performance and then digitally... And shave him. The funniest part is, is that, is that, from what I've read, they were begging the other studio, I think Paramount, to let them shave him. And when they said no, they said, "All right, how about this? He shaves, then he goes back to the movie, and we will pay to digitally add a mustache <laughs> in your movie." Oh my god! And they said, <laughs> "They said, no. yeah, no. If one of us, only one of us, is going to have a shitty CGI facial hair situation, and it's not going to be us." Can you believe this industry has any scandals? <laughs> yeah, it seems so not petty and idiotic. What what I liked about the opening scene with Superman and his weird CGI shaved face is that it did set the tone for the rest of the movie, <laughs> which was unbelievably lazy and bad CGI special effects. Yeah, some of the worst I've seen. It looked like a PlayStation Three game, folks. It, it looked hideous. like a fam. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was just shit, shit. Garbage shit. It was all at the level of the of the climax of Suicide Squad that made me famously yell awful at the screen. This Suicide Squad was far better than this. Batman versus Superman. Was and the funny thing this. is, is that fucking the bad guy. We'll get to him. The awful bad guy. The character design. He was basically the same as the stupid mo- lava monster at the end of Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, mixed th- with the ch- the, um, the awful lady from uh, Morty Morphin Power Rangers, Rita Repulsa, right, Rick, Rick and Morty Power, Rick and Morty Power Rangers. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the thing that I've noticed about these DC movies is, I mean, all superhero movies now are just like green screen fucking jizzing lasers at each other. And depending on who is involved, they have some like, oh, well, uh, I'm the sidekick. I'm supposed to say that. Uh, well, if you say this, you're the sidekick. Well, then you can't say that. You know, the <laughs> influence of the horrible, perverted fedora, man. And uh, But the commonality in all DC films is that the villain's only objective is like, I want to blow everything up. There's just nothing, yeah. but they just want to end the world. And yeah, it's, it's like, so fucking lazy and and nebulous and meaningless. There's no way you but can. The, give a but shit. the world has already fallen at the start of the film. I guess it's because Superman has died. Yes, uh, that happened in the one you film. didn't see. But I I, I, I want to say these were kind of shoehorned in. These first two scenes after the title card uh, showed uh, the the world has fallen. Society is fracturing, as explained by a skinhead yeah. harassing. A, a Muslim shop owner by yep. knocking over some oranges in the street while a police officer struggles to prevent this man from doing a hate crime, as, of course, the police might do. And there's, like, a homeless man. Really, it's there's just literally man. everything throughout existence that is already there. Yeah. There's, there's, they don't really show any disasters. It's yeah. just, it, like... It's just... It's, like, everything's still shitty now. Maybe it was better before. And, I wanted- and it's all done to the tune of a lady, of some female singer's tinkly piano cover of Leonard Cohen's Everybody Knows. It was the last woman Joss Whedon DM'd. He was like, do you want to be in a, a picture? I think you have uh, star quality, but uh, not a shooting star, because uh, I hope you don't go out. <laughs> my, my I just per- talk like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> my personal theory for the film is that this is supposed to be reflective of the Trump administration, yeah. of the new yeah. reality. Here. Which means it's about what it was. Because Superman, <laughs> Superman well, dying, Superman dying, who's Superman, 
Obama. I just noticed that Obama's gone and hate crimes. You know that that started just six months ago, and yeah. I yeah. didn't have a name for those things yeah, before. Yeah. Yeah. I thought no. they were just roused about. Obama died. He was Superman, and now we're in the Trump era, which is of the bug men and the fucking horned dude who there, wants to destroy. There's the also world. that one awful, atrocious line that Ben Affleck says, uh, mentioning global warming. Oh, oh God, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was bad. Well, what I say that was that stuff was shoehorned in is because we literally just never discuss any social ailments for the rest of the fucking. Well, film. the movie no. does. It is got a nice dose of cultural Marxism because the first two things you see to know that things are going badly is one is the skinhead attack on the Muslim shopkeeper, and two is a bunch of Reddit red pill. Dark Enlightenment guys try to do a terrorist attack in London yes. with Wonder Woman foils. I want, I want to talk about the new reactionary bank <laughs> heist. Uh, a guy walks into a bank not to steal money, but to uh, he's wearing a fedora and a suit. He's like one of those. He's a Dark Enlightenment. Terrorist. He looks like Dave, the, the fucking Orino motherfucker, the, yeah. one of the old Davis Oriani. Davis Oriani. And Wonder Woman enters the bank by coincidence because she thinks someone was uh, picked up a thing of Sabra hummus and put it down and tried to buy the other kind. She Wait. wanted to break up a more important crime, but it just happened into the neo reactionary. The, the neo reactionary terrorist says. This is man blowing up a bank full of people is mankind's only hope. End modernity. Yeah, he's like, so, we must destroy modernity. And then he too. said, right before he's like, switches the key on like the the suitcase bomb, says, read Mencius Moldbug. Yeah, Moldbug wants to blow up some big public building to end modernity. Which yeah. good luck with that, buddy. But, and the funniest thing is, she lassos one of the terrorists, one of the other Davis Serini guys, and she says, "Who are you?" And he says, "We're a small reactionary terrorist group." We're here Again, to bring down like, the cathedral. It's like yeah. they wrote that in notes, and they're like, "I'll write it in later." Yeah, it's like, can yeah. you? We, we we need to convey to the to the audience these in, well, pieces of information to, with the name. To be fair, and they're like, "Uh, we'll just put that in." To be well, fair, they, they had to make clear to the audience that they weren't terrorists because they were an oppressed people. <laughs> to be fair, the lasso wasn't on at the time. That's just how all those guys talk all the time. <laughs> yeah. so, but, like, but, but no terrorist group A calls themselves a terrorist group, or B says they're small. Uh, or would likely say reactionary. It's just it's but just a have, I don't know. I mean, Al Qaeda used to say like cute, cute decentralized group whom small and sometimes do <laughs> sometimes do a hijacking. We are we are small because we are the enlightened minority. We are more intelligent than other people. We I are reach s- these conclusions. So like, we are like small the, beans. Yeah. So like you know when Wonder Woman's like doing, she, you know, just slaying fuck boys. Like <laughs> London, they're like. S logos all over London for yeah, Jimmy. Because they're yeah, mourning yeah. the death of Superman. They're yeah. mourning the death of Jimmy Seville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's they're like, like, oh, Jimmy, come back. We need you. We miss George Zoo. <laughs> it turns out everybody's a nuts now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I said, the movie begins with uh, Batman. Uh, captures one of the bug men. Yeah. Or, or he captures one, one of the, the small souled bug men. One of the bug men from another dimension. He gets the bug. He's a bug He's a bug chaser, you might call him. But yeah, the movie begins with Batman <laughs> bug chasing. And then he realizes that this, this army from another dimension is coming. So he has to assemble. He's got to assemble. The Justice League. Yeah. The guys who he conveniently found out about from a fucking. Uh, of, of computer file in the last episode, uh, last movie, which was I said episode because these are basically just long TV episodes oh, yeah. at this yeah. point. Uh, it, it, there's a scene in the in Batman versus Superman which is hilarious. That as a fan of canon and like things like that, you would find very funny Virgil where he just clicks on some stuff from the from uh, Lex Luthor's company, and it's just little videos of all the four guys so that you can introduce the audience to them. 
Mm. It's like, hey, guys, tune in for the next movie. And so he goes around trying to find them all. Yeah, that's so, called, that's called right. intertextuality. <laughs> it's called sucks. We have already discussed at length Wonder Woman so, and her backstory. And again, Batman has to assemble uh, However, four they, random people. Well, we, we like they I said, keep coming back though to, yeah. to to Gal Gadot's backstory, which is essentially: I knew a guy for three weeks. We have had we had sex once, and I've been obsessed with him for seventy years. A hundred years. <laughs> Nineteen seventeen. A hundred years. A psychopath. Yeah, that is a psychopathic woman. She. They had sex once, as we know from the movie. And then he died a hundred years ago, and she still caught up on him. Maybe, maybe he was like a yeah. The, maybe he had that girth, though. Is that how people dealt with breakups in the nineteen tens or whatever? I yes, would, I would assume they would like binge watch uh, the Edison films, a man washing a horse, or some such. <laughs> no, every, uh, go, go a little hard on the milk toast. <laughs> every every modern we're gonna watch a zoetrope for the next. 15 hours. Every modern creation is from people who are trying to get through breakups. The UN, breakup. Uh, USSR, breakup. World War II, breakup. Sometimes they can be good, sometimes they can be bad. That's very true. It's like as long as you suppress your emotions, you can start something good like the Soviet Union. So I don't think suppressing your emotions is good generally. That depends. That depends. That's fair. So we know the backstories of Mr. Batman, Superman, and the Woman of Wonder. Yes. Listen to back episodes to fill yourself in on that. Yep. But then they introduce the, the rounding out the rest of the Justice League. Let's talk about Aquaman, played Hell by yes. Khal Drogo, Jason yeah. Momoa himself of the Game of best Thrones. character, the funnest character. He, Momoa's yeah. performance was the most lively, the mo- the most, the closest to something I'd call. Entertaining and or charismatic. I or, disagree. Yeah. Really? I think the Flash was. <laughs> that, oh, oh no, you! No, the Flash oh. was awful. I yeah, agree. He's much more entertaining. I agree. Oh, he was oh. awful. He was entertaining. He was realistic. He reacted to situations how a normal person would the, react to like, them. It, it was, was the, the most best, muggy, it was the closest fucking thing you had to any comic relief in but the it was entire so movie. Try hard. And oh was, yeah, because Jason Momoa going. And I'm going to drink some whiskey, and then there's going to be some electric guitar in the bag. And then that I'm going to jump. Funny. Yeah, you're cool. right. That was a light touch. No, that was funny. That was a light but touch. But that's what's it. That was hilarious. Like, my favorite scene in the movie, a movie I was crying laughing during, is there's a yeah, scene I where know. he saves Everyone a guy. Everyone in the theater do. Yeah, there's a guy. He saves a guy sinking in a, who's sinking in a boat, and he puts him into a, a tavern on the side of the water, and then he grabs a bottle of whiskey off the bar, and he slow motion walks into the surf while chugging the whiskey while fucking. Throwing uh, the bottle to icky, the ground. Icky thump by White Stripes plays. <laughs> and it's the most dipshit, dumbass, like fucking late 90s uh, argument, butt though, rock is that idiocy. I like this, I, I like this ironically, so it's so it's No, better. it wasn't ironic. It was, you know what it was like? It was like a fucking Andrew W.K. song. It's ironic, but it's so exuberant about it that it goes around from being ironic to being genuinely good. No, you, no, you, omitted, the, you omitted the best part, too, which is when he was walking out of there, he grabs a whiskey bottle and he, and he, and he points this guy who's like passed out that he just saved and says, it's on him. Yeah, I know. Rule. Actually, yeah, yeah, actually the best ass. part of that scene that Amber alluded to briefly. We need woman <laughs> on this show. Well, I mean, the if you thought The Flash was entertaining, there's this indie TV show you might like. It's called The Big Bang Theory with similar humor to The Flash. No, I'm sorry. Look, he might as well we're talking about Bazinga. the most entertaining person yeah. to watch. Yeah, and so it was I, it was Aquaman. I am the only one who noticed this little Easter egg. So The Flash is this uh, nebbish 
young man. Yeah, they made him Jewish. They, and on the spectrum. Jewish. Which doesn't even Whoa, make sense. He's, no, no, no. He no, no, says, no, he's definitely He singing. says at one point, yeah. people, I don't really relate It doesn't to even make sense, though, because I don't think they gave him the Jewish last name, unlike Batman, Superman, <laughs> Bugman. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically a law firm. Well, he, he had to change it from uh, Fleischer. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, my uncle gave me these powers. Uh, when he is recruited by the Batman, uh, Batman, you can see very clearly in the scene that Rick and Morty is playing an episode ah! of Rick and Morty. I'm the only one psychology who introvert, baby. It is the episode where uh, with all the cursed items from season one, and that you know what that's that's a pretty clever. Thing from the part of the filmmakers, no, a pretty clever indication no. that this is a millennial. They're a little intelligent. They perhaps can't relate to others because <laughs> of their high intelligence. That's not, yeah. I know. So that's no, just I, it's I so, think they at least tried to put in a non-stock character with him, which I appreciated because literally no one else had any he, dimension. But that he He's was a stock he was, character now. The the adorable like young man is a yeah, stock character. Now. He was he was stock as hell. He was millennial Poochie. Yeah, it was like Millennial he had all Pucci of the. Mo- is a more creative overture than the fucking Aquaman thing. No, that guy was like a living share zone meme. He ruled. He <laughs> yeah, was like fucking- <laughs> he was a pissed off Facebook dirtbag for the Midwest who's mad about headphone there, there, theft. There is one. There's and one DUIs scene. that he thinks were yeah, bullshit. Yeah. There's there's one no. scene that I, we all laughed out loud. I'm of surrounded when- by toxic masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, no, no. The reason one scene- that Aquaman was so good was because Jason Momoa didn't know he was in a movie. They were just like, Jason, you're in charge of all the fish now. That's a power. <laughs> you have. And he's like, I fucking knew it. People always told me that I related to fish. But I don't get me wrong. He's definitely the most charismatic actor on the screen. And my oh, mother yeah. Brock's appreciated his presence. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, as far as putting any work into any writing whatsoever. All right. I, I agree with you, Amber, but I, I will say Jason Momoa's character was also entertaining. I, okay. He he was the ocean bastard. The yeah. Ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He drinks whiskey. Fish bastard. And, and like you said. Oh, the salt <laughs> in my face. Uh, but, Amber, you mentioned it briefly. Like, the scene where he chugs the whiskey to the White Stripe song, walking to the surf, it really pissed me off. He chucks the bottle in the fucking ocean. He's Aquaman. He's not supposed to be littering. That's not littering. He's glass recycling. He's like, oh. But, I mean, the ocean is full of glass, sea glass. Dude, he is contributing to garbage. It would be funny if they cut to uh, a fish getting its head stuck in the bottle. Like, you know, and I can't Throwing glass in the ocean is fine. That's okay. a metaphor for his DUIs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What I will pretty say smart. about Aquaman's one weakness, uh, one of those six-pack rings. <laughs> uh, what I will say about the, the Barry Allen, the Flash character, I found it inc- I found incredibly grating Great. because it was just a comic relief. He was a comic relief character, but it was just like... What passes for comic relief in films like this now is just the character who says the things that the quirky audience member watching it would if they were in that situation. Like, yeah. oh, awesome! As a bad signal, that's your. Oh, sh- sorry, that's your signal. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's that's what that means. It's so cool. Mm, like, oh, like, yeah, but a it nice was cape, literally uh, a relief in the most literal way as a break. From like just this perpetual, even Wonder Woman did it. They all furrowed their brows. Well, that's the her entire one move. fucking yeah, that's what acting is to her. Yeah, her entire move, it, her entire acting toolbox is just the frown. But it's just like four furrowed brows and like a bumbling idiot. And I was like, you know what? I'm pleased to see the bumbling idiot. So I, uh, I, 
I did also find him a comic relief, but I could only think of uh, I don't I don't really watch like like action films like this, so I do of course uh, have great respect for the canon. And uh, one I saw a couple years ago was the the X Men movie uh, Tales of Future Past. I think yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. It was called. And it was they- uh, Brian Singer's Gaze of Teenage Ass. <laughs> Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! Oh, very don't funny. dare oh, cut that! Brian, Brian Singer really wanted to direct an Aquaman movie. He's like, I've got a pool. Come on! <laughs> and the uh, uh, there's the one, and again, I, I again, I don't know a lot about these movies, but there's that one X Men character who has a very similar ability to the Flash, right? Yeah, yeah, Quicksilver. Quicksilver, right, 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 yeah. and. He was incredibly fun and charismatic. Like they portrayed him. Yeah, but the thing is, he has the exact. He is the exact, and that's why he's not that creative. They basically took his dynamic. They took Quicksilver's character from the X Men movies, where he's the kind of awkward teen millennial outsider who points out the things. Like yeah. Will was saying, it's the same thing, and right. he also has the same power. But that's the thing. Quicksilver that's what I'm isn't to say. awkward. Quicksilver was way he's, more fun. He's scowly. No, he he was extremely confident. Yeah, he was cool. He, well, was, he was cool. Cocky. He was cool. He was cool. He ran really fast. He had goggles. Yeah. Now, we got, he we, stole Spiro Agnew's cigar. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, now, the last character, the last member of the Justice League, oh boy. is sort of the wild card. This is sort of like, you know. Black maybe, robot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he was. He's okay, sort of emo. but he did the P.O. same fucking cyborg. thing. <laughs> he did the same fucking thing where they give them like a brooding monologue, and then he's not that interesting, and the only thing he does is brood and scowl for the rest of the oh, movie. Like he, his character is inter- He's like, uh, uh, as Chris pointed out, his father is played by Joe Morton, yeah. who also played the scientist who made the Terminators yep. in T2. Yeah. So he's just being typecast now as Very a scientist who makes cyborgs. That's Except this cyborg was like based on... The, he used the corpse of his own son to make a cyborg with one of the boxes. Yeah, one of the mother boxes squirted all can over we, Can him. we talk about I've the heard about again? helicopter parents, but folks, a cyborg parent... Uh, Hideo Kojima, if you're listening, have Joe Morton play the DARPA chief in the Metal Gear Solid movie. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he his his whole arc is what what I like about the sidebar character is that he starts out as sort of like a neat. He's not leaving the house. Yes. He's not doing anything. Yeah. And his That's dad, true. His dad's there. like, go outside, it's, meet a girl. It's, it's hard and he's for like, him I don't to have walk a penis. around. Yeah. Uh, oh, Download yeah. Tinder. Well, that's the thing. They they want you to believe that the Flash is the millennial character, but he's like the, the millennial blackface Ooh. character. The real millennial is the neat. Uh, true. Online, just reading posts on his hands. You know, you're right <laughs> about that because his conflict is that because he is a human head, basically, on a cyber body, he is becoming one with a machine in a way that's basically disassociating himself from his own mind because there's alien sort of digital thought processes in it that he doesn't recognize. And that is a parable for the millennial relationship with the internet. Well, that's the thing. Well, first he just watches, and then when he suddenly feels like the moral calling to participate in this, he's like, I've got to do it. I've got to post. And that's a, that's a, uh, it's a parable for call out And then, and then, and then, what's his first post? Hey, sweetie. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, holy shit. He would also be disqualified from e-gaming for illegal enhancements. (laughs) Yeah, he texts uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah, he's like, yo, Mm -hmm. yo, girl. Um, So, that's the Justice League. Uh, essentially, the plot of the movie revolves around boxes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, I'd like to talk about the boxes again. The yeah. box. The box. Uh, what's what's in the box? I got to say, their decision 
to look at the extended Marvel Cinematic Universe and say, a, a, a big interdimensional creature trying to collect a bunch of gems and cubes, that's stupid. How about an interdimensional creature trying to collect a bunch of boxes? Yeah. Yeah. I Which mean, brings it's... us to, out of everything that was awful in this movie, and there were many, nothing comes close to just the unbearably grinding misery of the villain in this movie Ooh, who is called in a 100% CGI character called Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. Who, like Get said, your motor running, everybody. <laughs> he's, he heads out on the highway and wants to make Earth into like a lava pit. He's going to yeah. make Earth into a hot town. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to take us all on a magic carpet ride to death. Uh, and like we said, like he, had, he just had a big sort of horned helmet that looked almost exactly like we said the bad guy from Power Rangers. Yep. And he you know what? Remember in Wonder Woman when the bad guy like became very powerful by adding gravel to his body or some shit? <laughs> same type of deal where he has like just some crusty ass flesh helmet. And he looked kind of the same as as, as fucking uh, David Thewlis as too. Ares, yeah. It's That's what like I'm saying. all they could do is make this single CGI bad guy. Thanos from the like everyone was creaming themselves for that uh, just uh, the Avengers trailer. Thanos is the same fucking thing. He just doesn't have a hat. You could show <laughs> you could show, jo- you could show J- Joss Whedon like I, like a fucking tree that your your three year old cousin just hastily draws a face on, and he'll be like, "Oh my god, that is amaze balls." That's <laughs> but all that, he does. Uh, did somebody order a villain? And don't mean the one in the White House. Uh, stop it. What? Uh, what? Uh, someone uh, me thinks that someone doth protest too much. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, what were people saying about liking the Flash? Because it's the same dialogue. Yeah, hundred percent correct. But yeah, this Stephen Wolf character, he shows up and he he wants to get there. There are three key, there are three mother boxes hidden in three different spots on Earth, and he needs to and collect them all, Pokemon style, all and then fuse them together. And if he fuses them together, then he cre- turns. He basically terraforms Earth into his home planet for some reason that's never explained because he has zero motivation. At one point, he he's does, just evil. He's they just love evil. These, and, he, and the most shameless part is, and half-assed part, frankly, is for people who don't follow this stuff, and God bless you for not following it, the plan with this Justice League thing is, is that this dude is really a placeholder bad guy for the big bad that they're introducing who's going to be like Thanos in the Marvel dark side. And he was basically Thanos for DC before Thanos existed. Uh, but now they're kind of Johnny come lately with it. And their introduction of him into the narrative is Stephen Wolf goes, I will destroy this earth and it will become my realm. And I will waken the mother for that tha- for dark side. And oh, that's wait, wait, wait. It. Can we also talk about his minions? The Bugman? We talked about the Bugman. He's no, got but, the but small like soul Bugman. They, they eat. They love fear. fear. They eat fear. Yes. So it's like this completely conceptual idea of, I, again, I think that they really tried to, do some kind of Trump metaphor with this. Mm. Uh, yeah, the, the way that it's, fear... But, it's yes, a lot. Like there's, there's, he, he is, the mad guy is made powerful by people's fear. The way that That's also a DC are. thing. That was also in Wonder Woman where like she couldn't win until she was like, being a human's about love. It's the same type of she, thing. Yeah. She couldn't. She couldn't uh, do her job until she got dicked down. Was yeah. actually the moral. That's, yeah. that's the thing about. Speaking the, of dicked down, what did they do? With Alfred, 
They were oh, like, okay, we, we like Alfred as a concept, but can we make him into like a sexy grandpa I'd like to fuck? So they got Jeremy fucking Irons in it being very weird. Yeah, because King, because the King, Zack Snyder, recognizes true male-male relationships like Socrates and the students would have had. You're the Wasp. And- the Wash yeah. guys are supposed to be these 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 scary henchmen who consume. They're, uh, they're called they're para, they're, they're, the official the official name for them are parademons. Yep. But they just get oh, their. Oh wow, that's really them. that's really cool. They just consistently get their asses kicked. They're like uh, they're like on Venture Brothers, the Monarchs henchmen. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah, but that's what they're there for. They're there to because here's the real thing, and this one of the funniest things that happened in this movie. Spoiler alert: At some point, they bring Superman back, and they fight him. Because he's all fucked up from being dead, and I want to talk. All about that, that does scene. is show that they are absolutely useless compared to Superman. Superman is the only one you need. The rest of them are totally superfluous. No, they needed Black Robot because he's the only person with the ability to separate the things. Yeah, Him and Superman did too, though. Yeah, they still need. Yeah. Let me. I guys, if you don't mind, I just would like. I really have to insist that we talk about the boxes again. Oh yeah. I I want to talk about the boxes. No, we've got to talk a lot about the boxes. The boxes is what the movie's about. Yeah. It's about boxes. It's about boxes. There, boxes. there are there are three there boxes. Are three the, the the boxes are assembled in a different factory yeah. than the one in the movie. <laughs> but um, uh, there are three boxes that uh, originally, like Steppenwolf, had come to Earth in the ancient era of heroes, Ugh. in which the Amazons. The Atlanteans yeah. and Greek, all Greek gods, yeah. and then people. Again, yeah. there's so much fucking. It's interdimensional. Uh, it's it's extraterrestrial. Yeah. It's old gods. Steppenwolf's plan, though, is to gather the three boxes. Yeah. One is held by the Amazons. One is held by the Atlanteans, uh, and then one is held by people. Uh, yeah. And then when he has the three boxes, he will put the boxes together and do something called the unity. <laughs> well, okay, Concept so unification. The the. Moral, the like religious uh, canon of these DC movies just is Baha'i because it's every <laughs> fucking religion jammed together. Yeah, you got your Celtic pagan worship, you got your Christian, every hero is Christ, you got your fucking, you got your ancient horcruxes from Wicca, you got all types of shit, and you throw it together. And because it's Baha'i, the only true moral is like love is love. Unity is love. Well, I'm it's thinking, good to be good. All I'm thinking is say goodbye with working with Dwight from The Office. Is Oh, that <laughs> fucking idiot is Baha'i. I want to do a rage spasm when I saw him on Real Time with Bill Maher when I was 16. I hope he's fucking oh. dead. <laughs> okay, so they, they got the boxes. Now I want to talk about the scene that Matt, that Matt talks about. At some point, the Justice League, Batman has the idea. They're in possession of the, the third and final box. And they want to use the box. The box. They want to use the, the box to resurrect Superman. Yeah. Which leads to a scene where Cyborg and Flash literally dig up his fucking grave. Yes. Yeah. It's like they exhume his corpse and have a bit of cringeworthy dialogue. It's with also each other. very unrealistic because you could see, uh, you know, as they begin the scene, that the grave is perfectly rectangular. The hole that they're and it's also that's pre- very fresh dirt. It was like potting soil. Excuse me, they're superheroes. They can fucking do a square. How, then how come they did perfect why didn't square? He do it quickly. Yeah. He why did they? She's like, I could do this more quickly, but I have. I'm having a moral conundrum. Yeah. Why did he dig like a normie? He was a fucking bitch. That's why. That was some cuck ass digging. Yeah. 
Oh, even I, I, I like just as a person, I would never dig a grave like a normal person. I'm not a normal no, person. You know I'm what? a content creator. I would throw dynamite on the ground. You know what? He is like he is the grave digger beta, and you're the grave digger Chad. That's right. Mm-hmm. All I know is that they, they cut to a shot of of cyborg in a gray hoodie and the Flash just silently shoveling dirt, and it's just so incongruous that I, I laughed my ass off. I mean, but at least there was something going on other than brooding monologues or battles. I actually well, felt slightly relieved by the inclu- whenever, like, whenever Batman would be, like, <laughs> drinking from a demi-toss, I'm like, you know, at least there's some internal life happening right now. Okay, this leads to my favorite scene in the movie, which is that they resurrect Superman by dropping the cube into Kryptonian jizz water, yes. which they yes. put his fucking, like I said, rotting corpse Which in they cube. don't show, they, but yeah. you can see it off, in the, and they make it a little gray. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Show, they show it from a very wide, long angle. They show him them carrying this dead body in, in a suit, in his funeral suit. This is the same. Into a pod, <laughs> and it's so awkward and hilarious. And jo- then Joe, then Joe, just- Rogan, Joe Rogan is like, uh, I need to use this isolation chamber. Can you guys get done with this shit first? Why didn't they just write their way out of that and just be like, oh, wow, his body isn't decomposing because he's an alien and he's magic or some shit. That's but they true. Didn't. They, they did these weird far-off shots to avoid it. They put his corpse in the Kryptonian cum tribute yep. that you last yeah. see in, in Batman vs. Superman yeah. with Lex Luthor. Thank you, King Zack. King Another Zach. one of your trademarks, King. <laughs> is cum tributes. Yes. Yeah. King. So, I will never let Josh take another movie from Flash you. I love do- you, King. Flash does uh, E-Stim cum tribute to, <laughs> yeah. the, to the cube. <laughs> and the cube uh, jolts Superman's body back to life, which then leads to a very long scene where they're like, well, if we bring Superman back from the dead, will he really be Superman or will he be like just the soulless uh, no. annihilation god engine. That is actually a serious concern. Okay, so like They could have ended life on Earth if they, they'd fucked yeah. that They do up. a scene where they, they, they resurrect Superman and Superman is shirtless for this entire time. Yeah, he could not find a shirt. He, Superman he is, like is, flew away and his pants were still there. Yes, he's when they put him in the cube, when they put him in the jizz, uh, the jizz recovery cube, he was wearing a whole suit, but when he wakes up he's just wearing suit pants. Uh, excuse me, I had a wallet. <laughs> so the, the, the scene with the resurrected Superman is he's confronted by the members of the Justice League who are like, you have to remember who you are, Superman. And what I, I thought of this scene as basically um, they were doing gay conversion therapy to resurrected Superman. They were like, no, you are straight. Hit this pillow. And he was like, mother, mother, mother. And mother box. Mother, <laughs> mother box. box. Mother box. So they do – they make – Resurrected Superman hetero again. No, yeah. I, By think bringing I think Lois it's the other Light. direction. I think he was red pilled, and they're trying to bring him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, d- yeah. Oh, he became he was dark enlightenment Superman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like equality is a false god, <laughs> and, I, and, and Aquaman's yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck you said, but that sounds fucked. Yeah, the the, the, the Superman is- soup that they dipped him in was a Nick Land literature. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. He- this is like when my cousin went to college and he came back acting like he was fucking better than me. <laughs> but so then, because mad, mad sort of quasi amnesiac Superman then fights the whole Justice League and absolutely rinses them. And it proves once again that there are the most redundant thing on Earth. You don't need anybody but Superman. It's well, even insinuated that the Flash might not be as fast as yeah, Superman. Yeah, Superman's at least as fast the as the Flash. second fastest person. Yeah, he's no use. 
He's the most useful. But of course, the- in, on their team, though, it's all about being the best at this one thing, which doesn't make sense. When you put together, like, maybe also, like, the third and fourth fastest person on there, too, hey, maybe they're not the fastest, but what if they're, like, even 80% as fast as the Flash? Could that not be useful no, to my, you? My interpretation of that was, and I'm not trying to establish a canonical answer here, was that the Flash was approximately as fast as Superman. Just Superman uh, is obviously, you know, more physically powerful, it could just beat the shit out of him. Which but proves going that he's inferior. Right. He's well, inferior. Of course he's inferior. Of the Flash is inferior. You don't need anybody but Superman. Well, so correct. he yes. proves that by kicking all of their asses and then flying away with Lois to have an inc- well, the most awkward meet. There's two insanely like- awkward quasi-romantic scenes. One where Superman talks to Lois Lane in a cornfield at, by his home in Kansas. And he the starts other, out by groping the corn, too. Yeah. You know, just a normal yeah, it, thing people do in the Midwest when we're surrounded by corn. Yeah, it, it. Looked, it, looked, it looked like uh, his uh, the only thing he could do therapeutically after coming back from the dead was shoot a Cialis ad. Yeah. And the <laughs> other one was walking through a field. Amber Heard plays Aquaman's girlfriend, and he goes to Atlantis at one point, and they have a conversation well, in... Well, his love interest that he just met. Yeah, in an air bubble. I think it's implied that they have a relationship. No, in he never because she said, "Oh, you were uh, this person." No, no, no. She, yep, I thought she said, "Oh, you're back." But yeah, the, yeah, but you're he, back. He meant we, back in like the kingdom. Oh, you're but right. She never of met you. him. Yeah. So he, I guess he basically. So he was hits just being her. a bitch to a stranger. I guess he's hitting on her well, in an air bubble in Atlantis. Yeah, it's bad it's, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, both of them harken back. He, he tried to nag a lot yeah. too. Yeah, both of them harken back to. Anakin trying to hit on Padme in Attack of the Clones oh, in terms God. of brutally awkward yeah. interpersonal chemistry. More beautiful, feet. I mean. Yeah. I don't like the way I like the... But the difference, though, is that Jason Momoa is so attractive. It does not matter. So they resurrect Superman. They make him hetero again through conversion therapy. Um, then he flies off to the Midwest with Lois. We didn't mention Lois, played by Amy Adams. She shows up early morning, the death of Superman, and basically she's like, I was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, but I'm sad now and doing posts on Medium about my feelings yeah. instead yeah. of writing for the Daily Planet. She, yeah, she writes about uh, ordering Grubhub just to talk to the delivery guy. She's a sad poster. She's <laughs> sad girl sad aesthetic. Poster, yeah. She's like, so I wrote a thing. It's called uh, Ghosted by Postmates. And they're like, Lois, you broke the big story about how Superman's real. So they resurrect Superman <laughs> because they realize they're not powerful enough to fight Steppenwolf. But then Superman goes away just long enough so that they can have the semblance of a climax where they're like supposedly struggling to win against the the again one of the worst villains in maybe film history and the bugman and, yeah. and again the bugman. this the team he assembled is a very fast man an archer and somebody who's, who who's comes the in the ocean uh, wonder woman yeah but she also has a sword she has a sword all right, all right. archer slash sword dual wielder <laughs> a medieval warrior basically yeah but like a really good one. Oh, she's good. Oh, she's good. Wonder Woman has super strength and near flight ability. But I'm saying all of this is preposterous when when viewed through the lens of Superman. Yeah, again, but I I just I, I think in this world they tried to create there are what like five really special people. Like, what are the odds? Isn't there someone else who is like good at flying? Oh no or no no. Where was there NATO? will be. There will be because. The horrible ending of this movie, to skip forward a little bit, after they vanquish the bad guy, spoiler alert, they they show Wayne buying, I guess, like, going to reopen his old Wayne Manor, like a big mansion, 
and he and, yeah, and Wonder yeah. Woman are there, and they're looking. We're gonna put the desk here for six friends and more to come. Oh, so great. it's two in They're from start a podcast. superheroes. Yeah, so we get to have a sequel to this where there'll be like an extra 70 minutes of brooding monologues of 12 Yeah, about, about Martian Manhunter, who yeah. everyone's no, been no. dying to see on the silver screen. No, that's really, I'm sorry, where, where is NATO in all of this? All right. Uh, turning its back on Israel as always. We have uh, nuclear bombers. Uh, we have ICBMs at all times. But uh, uh, no, you know what? I'm going to handle. I'm very rich, and there's a very fast millennial that I know. Well, no, NATO, <laughs> well, NATO didn't participate because um, they actually funded Steppenwolf, and uh, you know, they, because he was he was fighting against another rock creature. They trained him to do one creature. thing, but then like they gave him a whole bunch of stuff that he yeah, did something like, else with. Oh, we're sorry, we fucked up so bad. We gave him a surface. We, we, gave, him, we, gave, him a we sur- gave him the boxes. Yeah, we uh, gave him the box. We yeah. gave him the box, and it's like, we're sorry that we brought bug slavery back. We really <laughs> didn't mean to do that. But the thing is, there was communism in this small yeah. South American la- nation, so we had to give him the boxes to fight that communism. Yeah. We didn't realize the and boxes would be... way out of hand. We didn't realize they would ever turn the boxes on us. In our defense, we thought it was cool to do. We thought he looked cool when he had the boxes and when he had that big rock. He did look yeah. cool. He looked cool. He had that big rock helmet that all the villains in this universe have. We're sorry. We're we loved sorry. the CGI. We loved how he just kept saying box and mother over yeah. and over again. Yeah. I loved all of Steppenwolf's so exposition funny. where he's like, what you humans don't understand is that I like being bad. He, <laughs> Eli, like, wow. They should have given him a German accent. Yeah. Eli Lake. Steppenwolf making a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Moderate Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf was written by what? Herman Hess was that? So yeah, that's a German writer. Come on, fuck! What the fuck? Well, someone who's worse than any German who ever wrote anything, Josh Whedon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> has done worse things than anyone ever from Germany. I have to say that this movie it kept finding ways to tickle me in ways that I'm not used to being tickled by these. That movies. was me, Matt. I was sitting next. Uh, to you. <laughs> I, I find I, I often am amused, but it's usually detached. I don't really get viscerally like just chuckle. Yeah, Matt laughs oh, at every. Were you really high? I was a little high, but I no, think it, it really. Was, if you weren't, you would realize that it was spellbindingly boring. Oh, but there was like so the many violence funny parts. after a while just became a texture. But there were so many funny parts. No, I, was, it was, I was just yeah. like simultaneously very angry and bored but then also really attracted to people. It was like, like going through puberty in the Midwest again. It, <laughs> it's like for when he's swimming, when Aquaman is swimming, when they're digging the grave, it's just everything looked hilarious. When 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 uh, uh, Wonder Woman's mother, drugs. Wonder Woman's mother tried to I would rather run a- read Megan McArdle. When Wonder Woman's mother tried to run away from Steppenwolf with one of the cubes on a horse, and it was like it should have had yakety sacks as the soundtrack. <laughs> okay, that was a pretty funny scene. That was a pretty funny scene. But the rest of the movie. But they also did one thing where they literally capped a scene with the funniest thing that could have happened. Yeah. And I want to. I want to. Honestly, I want to say this is a spoiler that you should skip ahead like 30 seconds if you haven't seen the movie yet because this is worth not getting spoiled. At the end of the movie, when they defeat Steppenwolf, there's a pause. They're all standing there having vanquished the bad guy, and they cut to Cyborg, and he just says, Booyah. <laughs> and that, I contend yeah. that that is the funniest possible thing he could have said you in that couldn't situation. Breathe. But the rest of the movie that wasn't the hysterical, like, uh, failure of woman Israel to protect the box. You know, the, this is one box we're not going to eat. Uh, 
the rest of that movie <laughs> felt like getting into a jacuzzi that was just shooting chemotherapy out of its jets. Well, you know, uh, this bolsters my thesis. The climax of the film takes place in this blighted post-Soviet Siberian city that was apparently constructed by a nuclear power plant that had had a Chernobyl-like accident 20 mm-hmm. years ago. And it, and uh, that's justified by saying, well, you know, it's, oh, it's Russia. It's where desperate people have to live. Yeah, and because this, basically they've been stung for years by everyone on earth dying at the end of man of steel and people being like this is a superhero movie superman should not be getting a fight that accidentally kills half the population so they've been very clear about having fights happen in depopulated areas like there's a line in batman for superman where they go on this island and somebody just says out of nowhere out of context in this war room, they go. It's uninhabited. Well, right. Well, they're uh, having. Yeah, and a- also, like when the when it's the Jeffrey when Epstein's the island, <laughs> evil uh, interdimensional placenta is like spreading over the yeah. over the the town. Uh, at one point, he goes civilians, and they like go out of their way to protect this small number yeah. of of Slavic peasants. Yeah. But they're having a fight somewhere where there are no people. There's just Russians, <laughs> and uh, the bugs take over this uh, Trump. Fam- <laughs> yeah, they swarm this family home, and you half expect the the father to say, "It's all right. I'll call Paul Manafort." <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they so they the their whole thing. He's putting the boxes together in a cooling tower of this uh, you know decommissioned nuclear reactor. And I fell asleep through this part, so you have to fill me in. They I mean, just, nothing happened. I mean, it's just, twenty they, minutes of yeah. god awful CGI fighting. Some of the most awful, disengaged, uninteresting. It doesn't even have that. Zack Snyder's sheen and 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 sort of auteurist vision and the even the, though the, it's the slowing over, down and speeding up speed and the, ramping yeah. it's overblown and it's obnoxious but at least it's it gives it some sort of a stamp this was generic from top to bottom it is really is the worst of these movies which is pretty it's a pretty amazing to say considering how bad and long they all are this is the shortest one and it still manages to be worse although yeah. i realize though i always complain about how long and bloated these dumb things are but i realize when you cut out any of the kind of internal character development internal or character development you end up with this which is like monologue fight scene brooding monologue fight scene brooding Mm. monologue everyone get together and have an argument then fight scene and it's like it's it honestly the it becomes a texture after a while there are no events to it it's deeply like boring it's like yeah it's like just it's like trying to eat an unseasoned bowl of grits with like some raisins thrown in there it's like you kind of want to get to the raisins to break up the the monotony right but when you get to them you're like why did i even want this yeah why did i want this the raisins is the raisins are every time the Flash goes, ah, oh, so, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh, geez. Oh, I just knocked over I'm somebody. sorry. You can't find the humor in someone who says things like, and what's the deal with brunch? It's not lunch. It's not breakfast. I, I don't even he, know. He actually like, it's so says flustered. that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He literally yeah. says that. Yeah, because uh, he's cool. Uh, and he's no, smart. No, it was just a relief. Like, I couldn't handle any more slow-mo walking into the ocean shit. Yeah. I, hey, uh, Josh, it seems like um, you just you – just, copy and pasted an entire Seinfeld episode for the Flash's dialogue on this one. Oh, uh, copy and paste. Are we talking about uh, Melania's RNC speech? Oh, we oh! can't talk about that. Uh, oh, uh, what? Oh, we're talking about a, uh, a super old evil that's inhabiting the Earth. Oh, I thought knew that the Republicans won the House again. This actually is a question, though. <laughs> what with all of, like, Gash Whedon's, like, lady issues? <laughs> like, how did he not see, oh... The phrase "mother box" is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Mother box. 
the best part of the film. It we probably, must unite the it, mother boxes. It hypnotized him. He was like the two things I love the most. Well, you know what happened is he put that mother box on a pedestal. And you never do that. <laughs> my, my favorite thing that I, I woke up for at the end was, uh, I don't know who said it, but I just, I just heard half asleep. Is this guy still bothering you? Yeah, Superman said uh, that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dwight knighted. No, no, that, that was Superman's like entrance like at the climactic moment when it looks like Steppenwolf has them cornered. You just hear from the back. Is this guy still bothering Talking you? about Wonder Woman, so he is white knighting. Yep. Yeah. He's Super Captain Branson. Save-A-Hoe. Captain Save-A-Box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, there's one last detail. <laughs> yeah, from the- sorry. This is supposedly like no. the fucking generic feminist guy. How did he not know? It's a mother's box. What? <laughs> because, because... You uh, know what? To me, all boxes are mother boxes. <laughs> uh, because uh, Joss Whedon, he never turns off. Like, there's no sleep setting, so he's just in a room for 20 hours going uh the cake is a lie oh what does that mean it's in the republican tax bill oh oh the <laughs> oh, alternative facts oh, me with uh, this. yeah uh, an alternative facts that's what you use to send donald trump's military service records because he didn't go uh, and <laughs> oh. so no one can interrupt him because no one wants to hear that no one can there's no person that can enter that hazardous work environment so when they wrote in, you know, like, you know, mom pussy in the script <laughs> 7,500 times, uh, no one could go up to Josh and be like, this is really weird, man, because he was just, you know, he was just going like uh, sort of retrofitting penny arcade strips to be vaguely feminist <laughs> type of stuff he likes to do. One of the worst monsters ever made. Obama stood by and let him make movies. <laughs> Blight on his record. Look, generally we are principled anti-interventionists here. No, but if someone yeah. wants to bomb Gash Whedon, Josh Whedon, he should have been. Look, I know some people are against capital punishment. That's fine. He just shouldn't have been allowed to do his evil. Bush tried to stop him. It's like we all shit on. He Bush, should be in the Hague. But Bush canceled Firefly, <laughs> and it was worth the Iraq War. But <laughs> it's just no more. No more. There, Josh. There's. One last detail from the very end of this movie that I'm interested to know. It was a montage showing them all going, like, how they've been changed. And one of the ways Wonder Woman has changed is she is now fighting crime on She's the rag. She's only on that art beat, though. And it shows she her stopping art. art crime. Yes. <laughs> stopping art thieves. <laughs> what, was, thought, so, reg- what was Wonder Woman doing before she got back into crime fighting for 80 years? Was she, like, the first story? She was an archivist. She, she was, was an a super-powered archivist for 80 yeah. years. She was, did, she did the, like the the, the she was G- Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters. No, you know the thing is though. You say what? It, wh- this is what w, WB hears you say. What was she doing for eighty years? Oh no no, like, no 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 no! Delete delete. We've delete. got something to delete. show you. Ooh. Delete because delete. as you guys delete. might know, Wonder Woman two is already in pre production, and the plan is it's going to feature her f- f- teaming up with U.S. intelligence <laughs> to fight communists in the nineteen eighties. The Mr. Donald Trump, I am 27. I am very scared. I do not want to see another Wonder Woman movie. Please stop. Please stop production. Please embargo. Please. Very bad. But that's I'm so scared. amazing because if, if that's true, you're picking an era of the Cold War when the opponent was cuddly reformist Mikhail Gorbachev and the anti-communist coalition that the U.S. was allied with was Jonas Savimbi, P.W. Botha, and Efreon Rios Mont. So and she's going to be fighting with them. Wonder Woman, the brain. Oh, and well, that's uh, the real ju- well, that's in the real fucking, Justice League. The, re- the, real, the real Justice League. Oh. So before we close out, we got to do our favorite thing. 
Who are we in the movie? I oh, think yeah. I would be the Flash because I have his animal charisma and uh, his y- logic. You, you are the Flash, Virgil, because at one point in the movie, he interrupts a Justice League meeting to ask if he can get food. Yeah, his blood. Sh- he, he says his blood sugar yeah. was running low. That happens to me. Okay, that's a serious I, thing. I'm Black Robot because I'm underdeveloped. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're Superman because it's like sometimes we're like... You know, we're waiting for you to show up, and we have Sometimes to. Like, I'm not around. Yeah, we have to put a cube in a box, which is like messaging you on WhatsApp, and it's like <laughs> you're back, and then we can like go fight evil. Well, I think which all, is see a movie. Yeah, well, I, I think, think all the thing women is, are Superman. Chris has to yeah, be Chris has to be cyborg because he is computer and man who puts the yeah, show together. Uh, he he, he Will, works the boxes. Yeah, Will is de- uh, Will is uh, Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, a rich CIA family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I was going to say the leader, but uh, yeah. owner of a bank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Felix is obviously Aquaman. That's he's, right. He's the ocean bastard, which makes yeah. me Wonder Woman. Wonder That's Woman. right. You're yeah. well, hot. I have sex with you. <laughs> We're partners. Well, I love you. Matt bristled oh, at. Uh, <laughs> follow this wonderful woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> follow this wonderful Gal Gadot. Uh, yeah. Uh, and together, we are the um, the Justice League. The Harassment League. The, yeah. the yeah. Injustice League. Injustice League. The Systematic yeah. Injustice League. The yeah. thing we support. <laughs> Till the next time. The Hopefully there won't be one because this movie ate shit and it might be the end of the DC oh, universe. Please. Josh Whedon will be executed publicly. We it made will a be path- doing yeah, made a, a pathetic show. $400 million. Well, it cost $600 million. They spent $600 billion on this. What yeah. did they do? It looked so bad. Did they spend $200 million of that on new fedoras for Josh? New vests he can wear in photo shoots? <laughs> well, they do like a new fake. His head. His head. Oh, he loves vests. He's, He's a vest boy. Yeah, he loves a vest and he loves getting shot on film with like a sort of fake green like absinthe Victorian tint. Yeah, but oh, his forehead great. is so massive he needs to custom make fedoras. So I can figure extra. I can think of a way that can take care of his head problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, hopefully, ISIS, hopefully this listening. is the end of it. Hopefully the absolute crime, the thing that I mean, honestly, shouldn't you go to prison for spending that much money on something like this, considering what that money could be used for? No, this is this is uh, Versailles, except ugly. Ab- oh, yeah, you, that's you what would, I keep you saying. Would, it's criminal. This is our Versailles. Versailles. This is our pyramids. This is our monument to our decadent elite, and it's so much shittier and more transient and more squalid than anything that came before. I mean, it. I think it's great because I'm kind of um, aesthetically an accelerationist, and I think we need movies <laughs> like this. We need movies like this. We need uh, Melania's Tarkovsky Christmas. <laughs> that actually, well, we, yes, we, we do. Need we that. do. That's so cool, people though. People will be like, "Oh, these people are evil." If you were a Japanese film executive and you made this movie, you would have to commit Harry Carey. <laughs> yes, there is no Josh Whedon of Japan. They're all killed, <laughs> like, rightfully so. <laughs> like, well, they throw them off a cliff uh, when when they're yeah, two when years they're, old. When they're, when they're when they're born and they're like. Uh, uh, what do you mean, uh, Krypton? You mean there's a Bizarro Superman? So uh, that means that uh, we have Bizarro Obama. His name is Donald Trump. They just hurl if they're, yeah. if they're first, they say you have brought shame to your family, and yeah. then they're executed. Yeah, if, they are, if their first country. word is yes. Imgur, they are thrown off Mount Fuji. Yeah, Josh, Josh Whedon was born somehow anachronistically. Uh, I'm not going to say that word. I'm, anachronistically? Yeah, yeah, I slept two hours again because of construction in the apartment next to me. But Josh Whedon was somehow born with an iPad loaded on Imgur in like 1967 or whatever he was born. <laughs> he could somehow access it and inform his repellent personality. The crimes that he commits that harm all of us. I hate him. I, You know what? It's like Primo Levi said that... Uh, 
there are no monsters. There are only men who, you know, they're monsters, but they're few in number. They're men who enable their deeds, and that's the stars of this movie. But there is a monster. His name is Josh Whedon. Josh, you will answer for your crimes. <laughs> your name is not Josh. That's not a name. Shut the name. fuck up. No. Shut the fuck up. Fuck you. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate your fucking cutesy dialogue. Oh, isn't it silly to be a nerd? A hundred million people watch your fucking turgid normie bullshit. It's not, there's nothing interesting or indie about it. It's the most mainstream shit. Everyone knows what Superman is, you fucking cocksucker. You've you've engendered like just tens of millions of dental hygienists who tell people the cake is a lie. You've poisoned our culture. Islam is the only way we can rid ourselves of the stink you have brought. The West must fall. The West must fall. Fuck you. Die. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Boxes. Bye.